It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. As you know, if you've been tuning in for a while, this show is all about showcasing guests who are meaningfully connected to their work in the hopes that we can learn from and be inspired by their stories to pursue our own career dreams. I've had the distinct pleasure of talking with all kinds of people so far, chefs, nonprofit executives, professional racehorse trainers, craft beer brewers, spiritual teachers, CEOs, hypnotherapists, yoga teachers, anthropologists, the list goes on. It has been great gobs of fun. This week, I'm taking my show on the road because I'm here to visit friends and family in Oregon, and I am in the town of of Tualatin, Oregon, which is a suburb of Portland, for a conversation with two creative entrepreneurs. With us today are Nikki Castillo and and Jesse Nolop. They are the co-owners of the Tooth Fairy Glass, and also together they wrote the book, What Color Is Your Tooth Fairy? Jesse and Nikki, it's so nice to have you on the show here in your own studio. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. My name is Nikki Castillo, and I am co-owner of the Tooth Fairy Glass. Uh, I started out my career basically hand-painting glassware at a uh, a special event party, and I've hand-painted glasses for many, many years. Uh, This company first started through uh, a, a request from a client to paint a tooth on a glass for her daughter, and so I did so. And in uh, researching Tooth Fairy traditions, we kind of came up with our own family Tooth Fairy tradition, and I started hand-painting Tooth Fairy glasses for my children, and that's how the company basically started. Awesome. That is so cool. What about you, Jesse? Um, I'm Jesse Nola, also co-owner of the Tooth Fairy Glass. Um, I, my background is mostly in accounting and sales. Um, and met Nikki a few years ago and became friends. We wanted to take the simple tradition of the Tooth Fairy that was only focused on the money um, and transform it to put its focus more on magical. The tradition and idea was born, which was followed by our collaboration in writing the book, um, Telling Where Tooth Fairies Came From. You know what I really appreciate about your concept so far, ladies, from what what I know of it so far, is you're right. From my own experience, I have a 12-year-old daughter, it was about the money. And let's face it, there were times when um, certain people that were involved in the tooth fairy business didn't have cash on hand, and a tooth got to be worth either 5 bucks or 20 bucks, depending on what was in the pocket. And I love the fact that you have brought the magic and wonder back into the business. We do too. That's one of our favorite parts is we decided to write a book to tell the story of where tooth fairies come from, how they got their wings, how they were assigned their wing color, and then how they would come collect the teeth from the children. Um, Our story base is on the fact that all the tooth fairies are a different color. And when we have a special glass and when a child loses their tooth, they place the tooth in the glass, they fill it with water, and when the tooth fairy comes, 
He or she magically touches their wand to the water, changing the water the color of the fairy. So it's exciting each and every time to find out which fairy actually came to visit instead of uh, just a fairy and just leaving some money. Parents really enjoy it because they're not searching under, or, or the tooth fairy is searching under the pillow for lost <laughs> teeth. They know where their tooth is each and every time. And our glasses are acrylic, so the children get to use them every day by the bathroom sink. Um, one of the things that you mentioned earlier when we were having a call about this and getting ready for the show, and I did want to hear this because I think it's really important, you two being co-founders of a business, you are partners. So the, the story of how you came together, I know you said you'd mentioned, I think you met via school or something, but tell us a bit more about how the partnership began. How did the relationship begin? So we met um, putting on our, our children's school auction almost four years ago now, and we did the auction for two years, raising over $40,000 a piece. And putting on an auction is extremely time-consuming. We basically were together all of the time. So we, we really figured out that we worked well together and we could collaborate and use each other to bounce ideas off of. Um, so about 18 months ago is when we sat down and said, let's build this thing. I remember so distinctly when I got, I got to be part of one of the earlier shows that you put on in Dallas. I guess it was oh, maybe eight months ago. I know that was well into your time together, but what a magical time. And the fact that I got to be on a bit of the tail end of that and feel the energy and the passion and all the hopes and dreams that you had for your business. So exciting that I got to be part of that. And I know, today, I know as we talk, there are really important things happening in your business, which I want to get to a little bit later. But um, for this first part, I'm so interested in more of you know, your personal connections of how each of you bring yourselves to the business. Um, and to that end, I do want to hear more about the book. You, you both co-wrote the book, What Color Is Your Tooth Fairy? So if you could say a bit more about that book, I see it. It's beautiful. It's beautifully illustrated. The colors are magnificent. Tell us about how it was that you wrote it together and why did, why did you write it? Uh, we wrote the book. Well, first we wanted to write a book to tell the story of the tradition. We wanted to introduce the readers to a magical fairy land that had not been written about before. Ours mm -hmm. takes place on an island in Tooth Fairy Falls. Uh, we have a grand tooth fairy, and she assigns all the tooth fairies their wings and their color. Uh, each fairy, every time a child loses their very first tooth, a tooth fairy gets their wings. Um, we also thought it was very important to write the book in rhyme because so often children are scared of losing their first tooth. They're scared of the tooth fairy. So we thought if we could create a book that was not only beautiful through the illustrations but written in rhyme that uh, you could start reading it to your children as early as one and a half, two years old. And then they grow up with this beautiful story of uh, a tooth fairy's desire to become a tooth fairy and to collect their to collect the teeth. So to make the children excited about that very first time it happens. Mm -hmm. And how long did it take to write a book? I know lots of people out there, our listeners are maybe themselves working on writing a book and maybe they've been at it for a couple of weeks or maybe a few years. How long did it take you two to write this book? I would say a course of maybe about six weeks. Just at first, it was a lot of ideas, just ideas all over notepads and papers, and then you go to an outline, and then you write the story. Then you rewrite the story all in rhyme. So it was... It, was, it took a lot of collaboration yes. back and forth and uh, a lot of <laughs> just time at the table, mm -hmm. writing mm -hmm. and rewriting. Mm -hmm. 
And did you find it all? This is interesting because there are two minds here, very two distinct, colorful, personable minds here. Did you have to negotiate over what you wanted to say or how do we want to handle this? How was that process? I think uh, we both have such a huge respect for each other, having come from throwing two massive school auctions together. Uh, I definitely focus and think my brain is more creative oriented, where hers is more the business and uh, the accounting aspect. So we basically are one brain together, <laughs> and we just complement each other. You, you together for me perfect. Person. We do. Perfect. We do. We definitely know we need each other. <laughs> <laughs> How lovely. And, and one thing I do want to showcase about what you just said there, Nikki, this is gorgeous. For all of those parents, um, moms and dads alike, who are very involved in your school, I really want to hear what these ladies just said about the notion of how they met working on a school auction and discovered that they both had complementary talents and here they are together creating a business. I think that there's so much of what we do for our communities that we can somehow sometimes transcend into our work. And I think it's really important as you're discovering and thinking about what do I want to do next? You might just find that you learn something about yourself that you could bring to work with you when you're in that community service act. So thank you for bringing that up. It's important way that we discover what we can provide to the marketplace. Absolutely. And I think this this company that we've created is so important to us because it allows us to still maintain a presence in our community. Um, we are huge in our school, uh, in our children's lives. We still put on fundraisers. We still do as much as we possibly can for the school. But this owning our own company allows us the time to do that. Mm -hmm. So important. Um, and to that end, one of the things that I also wanted to get into, and very often when I talk with listeners about their careers and where they're going next and where they want to be when they grow up, sometimes I hear people say, well, I can't possibly leave what I've done before. I've got 12 years in this business, 15 years in this. I can't go do something else. It would be a waste of my earlier time if I go on to something else. And of course, I disagree with that because I believe that we can bring all of our past experiences into our future endeavors. So to that end, could you each tell us a bit, and maybe Jesse, you could start, what is your past background? What did you do before you came into this, this business? Well, so I graduated in accounting and did some tax work and some book work along the way, but then more focused my, um, narrowed my focus into a lot of sales. And so my last uh, two positions, uh, one in Montana and one here, were in sales. And so that's been an asset to the company because I've been down the rejection road a lot. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm able to make those hard calls on the phone, those cold calls. And I'm also able to be an asset to our company doing the finances and making sure everything is um, going in that right direction. Okay. So the practical operational route is maybe what you're bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. Got it. And Nikki? And my background is anything and all things creative. I was a special events coordinator for many, many years. I put on uh, weddings, receptions, private parties, corporate events. Uh, and then through one of those um, charity events I threw, uh, I started painting glassware for all the serviceware and, and uh, tasting bar. And one of my companies was launched, and it, it turned out pretty well, and that's what led me to... Uh, co-creating this company that we have together. Um, I just love anything that I can get my hands on and create something new and bring a, a new perspective to things. Um, I love working on our website. I love designing uh, new glasses. We've already started writing the next two books. Um, we're just uh, fueled by passion. 
Mm, I'm envious of that creativity. I wish I had more of it. I'm really also, maybe like Jesse, really good on the operational front, but the creativity part I borrow from other people. So I get that. But to that end, I do want to celebrate one thing that I happen to know about your background, if you'll indulge me. Sure. Okay. So uh, fair disclosure, listeners, I've known Nikki for several years. She's a dear friend of mine as well. And Jesse now is a new, new friend of mine. So, uh, but what I happen to know about how she started one of her other previous businesses is that she had a beautiful moment of serendipity in that she was, she was hosting one of these community service fundraising events. She had procured a bunch of beautifully decorated shot glasses for the event around a Cinco de Mayo party. And I think it was either a day or two days prior to the event, somebody in the household magically upturned the whole entire cart and busted every one of these things. And she's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? The party's two, two days away and I need decorated glasses. And so what does a person do? Most of us would go find some other outlet and purchase them again, but not Nikki. She actually thought, hmm, I could do that. And she recreated the glasses. Is that right? Do That's I correct. A, that, okay. And then we created uh, all the serving pieces. And by the end of the night, I had orders for glasses. And people would come back daily and say, can I have one more? May I have one more? And it was launched at a Cinco de Mayo party. So the company was Uno Mas Glassware because everyone wanted one more. So I love that story. And the reason I, I prompted it from you is for my listeners out there to, to look for those serendipitous opportunities where you might glimpse something that you could actually do. And I think that is such a beautiful illustration of how a, a brand new business was born. And, I, and of course, you still use those talents today. But, you know, you leaned into the opportunity and you just made it happen, which is, of course, part of your signature strength as well that I, I know so well over the years. Thank but you. Gorgeous. Thank you. You're welcome. And, and next, uh, I would love to queue up here. I think most of us at some point in our lives have either, obviously, either had to work on a team. Um, in this case, you two are business partners. And you mentioned before that together you will make one person, one whole person. Uh, but I think it would be important for our listeners to understand uh, what's it like for you to work together as a team. And, you know, do you ever encounter any things where you have to kind of work through some difficulties or how do you do that? I mean, I've had a business partner and, and I certainly understand how that works. Tell us about your experience. If I may, um, I think it's incredibly important to find a partner who not only you share a common goal with, but I think an everyday way you look at life. Between the two of us, we both have or we have five kids between us, so we both know the demands of uh, each other's lives. You know, one's not a single mom, one's not a working mom. We, we both have very similar lifestyles, so we, we can sympathize uh, with each other and with each day that's going on and trying to launch a company with kids screaming in the background and yelling and crying and, and just trying to manage our day. Um, I think that we feed off of each other. I admire the way her brain works. I think that I offer some things that she, she might not always think of. And Absolutely. Um, together, we're able to come together and compromise on a lot. I don't think there's a lot that we do compromise on because I think that we're, we love the ideas that the other one comes up with so often. Um, that we, we see each other from different angles and they, they somehow come together to make the perfect square. That makes sense. That's really good. No, and it's very true. Um, our, we just we have a great mutual respect and a great friendship. I think that that's so important. And one of the things I will also call out about what you just 
said there, the both of you, is the importance of valuing differences in one another. Very often when we get to a place where either we're stressed or, you know, things are hard, the first thing we do is, oh my gosh, that's not the way that I would do it, mm -hmm. right? Which is the beauty of the business. You're right. That's not the way that I would do it. And therefore there is magic in that if you can step back for just a moment and see the beauty of the other side. And so I really appreciate about your perspective because one of the things I know working the business that I do, the importance of diversity and valuing differences is so important to yes. create a robust, strong enterprise. Without that, you lose creativity, you lose innovation, you lose competitive advantage. So kudos to you both for really understanding and embracing that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's also a very high level of trust there. So when she takes on something in the business, I just trust that she's going to do the best of her, of her ability. And I've never been let down. Mm. How lovely is that? We like to be rewarded, don't we? And I think that we both uh, put 100% into what we do. I don't think anyone resents the lack of effort on either part because I think we're both constantly striving to make this a success. Um, we both want this so badly. Mm -hmm. We are both so passionately driven to success. Um, we want to be able to put our children through college. We want to be able to have, you know, money for our family, money for vacations, things like that. Not only that, but, you know, women wait so long nowadays to have children that we've had a life, we've had a career. And we made that conscious choice to put that aside for a little while, raise our kids and do the best thing that we can be for them and the best mom that we can be. But having been there, we want uh, we we basically want something for ourselves as well. And we think that now is the time to be able to give equal amount to both aspects of our life, to a company, to a business, to our family, to our children. Well, and it works out. Um, being Having the relationship that we do, we're always able to help each other out. Um, you know, if she's working on something for the business and I need to do some carpooling, I can do that. It works really, really great. We're very, very lucky. You are very lucky, but you also leaned into the opportunity, and I know you've worked very hard so far. Um, before We're about to go into our first break already, if you can believe that. Before we do, if we could, uh, Nikki, you've already kind of queued up, and if you want to ask, add anything else, you can. But I do want to make sure and capture what you do find meaningful about the work. And so, Jesse, is there anything else you want to add to what Nikki's already said about what is your, your connection to the work beyond it being a business? Um. Bringing the creativity and imagination for kids, seeing them uh, find this product, just being in awe of the product um, is a very huge reward. It's very fun. Mm. I love that. And Nikki, any, any final additions before we go on break? I think that's great. I think it's um, true. It's a, it's a magical experience for our kids. And I have an 11-year-old son who, whether he admits it or not, he's still in awe of the magic mm -hmm. of the entire experience. And so just creating more magic in our children's lives and, and boosting their creativity and their imagination is what makes me happy. I think that's wonderful. Um, and a great way to cue us up for our first break, ladies, talking about really how you got into the business and what's your personal connection to it. It is time for our first break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Nikki Castillo and Jesse Nollup. They are the co-owners co of The Tooth Fairy Glass, and together they also wrote the book, What Color Is Your Tooth Fairy? After the break, we'll get into more of the, the business aspects of what they're trying to accomplish. Stay with us.
Find us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. We're here with Jesse Nollop and Nikki Castillo, who are the co-owners of The Tooth Fairy Glass. They also wrote the book called What Color Is Your Tooth Fairy? I'm your host, Elise Cortez, and before the break, we were talking about how Nikki and Jesse got into the business, what inspired them to get into the business, how it is they work together. We're next going to talk about the business aspects, but before we do, Jesse had mentioned before our break, wait, there's one more thing I want to say about my the meaningful connection that I have to my work. So, Jesse, what were you going to say? Well, I think becoming and being a good role model to our kids has been extremely important in this business. We have, between the two of us, again, we have five kids, and we want them to grow up being strong and independent and following their dreams. And they're really getting to see that firsthand, um, seeing this business start and grow and become now what it is today. And you know what I would also like to call out about that whole thing? And, of course, I very much applaud that. It's so important, I think, to to be role models for our children and help them see and glimpse what could be for themselves. But before we got on the show, what did those kids do on the way out the door when we sent them across the way? They said, good luck, Mom. (laughs) And how wonderful is that, right? It's wonderful. They're incredibly supportive. It feels very good to have that kind of support and um, just have them being proud of us. Yes. Oh, isn't it? And they they feel ownership in it as well because they they feel like they've got to put their input in as the company has progressed and gotten to where it is. They they 
help us with the logo. They help us with the glass design. They say, yes, no, we like this, that, which is great because they're our target market. Mm-hmm. Well, and our first book is dedicated to both of our families who have yes. given us so much support in this business. And the other thing I want to call it about this, ladies, it's so important, is very often both parents, men and, and women alike, talk about, oh, gosh, the time I spend at work. Sometimes I worry about what it, how I take away from my children and such. And what you're illustrating is that sometimes if we're, if we're lucky and if we do it well, our children can get something from our experience at work that's very good and positive and nurturing for them. Absolutely. And in this case, you're giving them a, a perspective, an idea of what could happen for their own future. You're not taking away from them. I think in many ways you're helping to build them. And I think it's so, so important that our listeners can hear that because many of us feel bad. Oh, gosh, the time we spend at work. So that was such a great, important point to call out. Thank you, ladies. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the business next, shall we? I mean, okay. This is a business. This is a business enterprise. You, you're trying to, to develop it and, and, and build it and make money. So let's talk about the business itself. First and foremost, what are you trying to accomplish in the business? Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Lisa. I got a little sidetracked. Um, it happens when you've got children to handle, right? I understand totally. <laughs> So what I wanted to find out is, you know, obviously this is a business. And apart from the aspect of, yes, you're trying to build the, the income of it and such, um, we've talked about the message you're trying to, imp- to impart as well to the children, the creativity aspect and all that. But first, what's, what are you trying to do in this business? Where is it going? Well, our idea is to have this be the new tooth fairy tradition in every household across the country. Um, it makes the tradition a lot more magical. It's a very wonderful book that kids can read to each other, parents can read to kids. And we want to continue to work for ourselves and be able to provide for our family in a, um, always in a better way. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that is incredibly practical, and I appreciate, too, again, the balancing act. I mean, here we are right now, as we speak, listeners, you know, they're fending around children that are kind of still looking for attention from moms over here, and that's what we're dealing with. That's the nature of the beast. And how beautiful is it that here we are in the studio, and you get a slight glimpse of that. So that's that's their world. The next thing I want to hear about from you is I, I'd love to hear, and some of it's on your website, and later on, listeners, I'll be sure and give you that website so you can go and check it out. But I would really like to understand the reaction of first parents. when they. I'm looking at the box here. It's beautiful. The packaging is gorgeous. The product is beautiful. The color is astounding. What kinds of reactions are you hearing from parents about the product? Well, um, from where it's come, it, it's come a long way for sure. Uh, we used to have a glass, glass, glass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that would be our one complaint from parents is to say, you know, what if my child drops it? And we would try to explain, well, it's a keepsake glass. Well, they're still going to drop it. So we, uh, in developing the product, we developed an acrylic glass. They absolutely love that. It's dishwasher safe. They can use it uh, in the bathroom every single day. So they don't just use it um, on a special occasion when they lose their tooth. They love that they're spending money on something that the kids get to use every day. It makes it fun when they're brushing their teeth. The tooth is such a happy little tooth that's on the glass. It makes you smile. It really is. Um, You know what? It's a perfect gift for baby showers and all all the way up to about eight years old. It's um, in a square package or rectangle package, so it's very easily wrappable. Um, It's just the perfect price point at $29.99, so it's, it's great gifting for everybody. Uh, the parents absolutely love that it instills the magic of their children and they wake up. They cannot wait to find out who their tooth fairy is. Mm-hmm. Not, I think this is one of the most exciting things is I get emails on our Facebook t- 
page all the time and they say, my kid lost their tooth, they can't wait to see which fairy comes. Not they can't wait to see how much money they get. Mm -hmm. They can't wait to see which fairy comes. And to this, that was very important to take just the monetary value, uh, some of the focus off that, mm -hmm. off of, you know, so you lose a tooth, you get money. That Why? You know, it just didn't uh, kind of add up for the way I'm trying to raise my children. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very exciting to see that the kids are really, really appreciating and excited about the tradition, not just the money. Mm-hmm. And can you say anything, Jesse, about what kinds of reactions? I mean, J Nikki has brought it up, but what about the, 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 the kids' reactions? Do they, do they just, is it like a squeal, squeal of delight kind of thing? Or what, what are the kids saying and doing about, about this? I mean, that is, that is exactly right. It is a squeal and delight. And they wake up early and they run to wherever they have positioned their glass for the tooth fairy <laughs> just to find out what color it was. Oh, that's awesome. And many of them leave their, their glass in the water in there till the next time they lose their tooth. They don't want that tooth fairy <laughs> color to fade, which is gross, but they, <laughs> they do. But I have to say one thing is incredibly exciting to see is we have done several trade shows. We've done both retail and wholesale shows. And when we take our product to a retail show, and there are several children and families that come by, and when we get to tell the story of uh, what color the fairy is to these children, and at the very end, we'll say, and then you get to find out which fairy actually came to visit you. Their eyes, I mean, they're incredibly wide with just wonder and excitement. And they look at their mom and they go, oh, what color my fairy going to be, mommy? You know, so it's to see that excitement in a child's face. It's like taking a child to Disneyland and seeing the world through their excitement again. Mm. How lovely. I want to be involved. No, I'm kidding. I've got enough going on. It's okay. Uh, well, and that does cue me up because you mentioned these various fairies. So obviously you've got a, a few fairies involved here. So I'm very curious about the creation process and how these glasses just come to be. So can you help us understand a bit about how, how you created this line and however else you want to describe it? That what is the creation process? So uh, originally we hand-painted glasses and we came up with probably 25 different colors of uh, the bottom of each glass is decorated. I am was hand painted and we did so many colors just to see the test market to see what everyone liked and of course it was blue for boys and girls or pink for girls was our most popular so that's the ones that we went with um, and we decided to go with just a tooth on the front the girls glasses have a little bow on the head and the boys glasses just have a little happy tooth okay um, as far as the other design, we wanted to make sure it was acrylic. Uh, it's, a, it's an easy hold for a child's hand, okay. which is very, very important. You want them to be able to use it as a rinse cup by the bathroom, so the shape of it was very important. We also had to do a lot of research on how we were, what we were going to provide the parents with to change the color of the water. It had to be child safety tested. It had to be, we had to know everything was going to be okay if a child decided they were going to drink the fairy water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so we have been using water dye bath tabs that are made for the bathtub. Um, people have loved that. They've loved that if anything happened, it doesn't stain. It, when it's, if it's dropped on the floor, it doesn't hurt the child. Um, so that took a lot of research and took a lot of trying to figure out what would be the best um, application for that. Hmm. 
Who would have thought that all of this kind of research and thought went into this? This is, I mean, looking at it, it's it's beautiful. It's very professional, but really appreciate the work that you did, the legwork that you did to make sure this was suitable for parents' needs, children's needs. And looking at the glass, you're right. The shape is interesting. It, it's got a fatter top and just kind of skinnies down to the bottom. That's right. That would be an easier hold. For little hands. Yeah, yes. for little hands. And my hands, for that matter. And we also wanted to create a product. Um, we didn't want just a Barbie for our, our fairy. We wanted to represent, um, you know, every every fairy from different shape, size, color, you name it. We have boy fairies, girl fairies, um, short, tall, uh, you know, every ethnicity you could think of. And we wanted just to, we wanted it to be inclusive of every child. Oh, I love that. I love the diversity aspect in that you thought about that. That's wonderful. So who, who's the ideal customer? You mentioned before these make great gifts. You said before baby shower gifts. I can think of, you know, maybe birthday gifts. But who's your ideal customer? Really anyone in the market for a unique gift for a child, anywhere from, like you said, baby shower gifts on up to um, any type of occasion on up to about eight years old. So grandmas, moms, aunts, uncles, we have sold to every um, demographic of, mm-hmm. of people because they have Christmas coming up or they have a random birthday or a friend just had a baby. Um, and individually, when we sell to individuals, we do monogram the glasses also to mm-hmm. make it just make it that much more special so we can put the child's name on it. And people have just loved that. Well, that does bring me to a question. You know, it's one thing to have a great idea for a business it's quite another to find a way to monetize this thing, right? How do we make this business work and be viable for the future and sustain itself and grow? So we now have talked about who it is that buys this thing. How do you market this thing? Who, how do you sell this product? Uh, aggressively. <laughs> good, good girl. Well, you right can't answer. take no for an answer. Um, we've been out in the marketplace with retail and wholesale shows trying to spread this new tradition. So the biggest thing is that, you know, you can see our product, but unless people know what it represents in a new type of tooth fairy tradition, they're not going to know. We've got to spread the word of what this new tooth fairy tradition is, and then they'll come to know our product as well. Um, we've used social media, um, a lot of Facebook, um, emailing Uh, massive emails just telling about the concept as Nikki was saying getting the concept across is key Um, our retail gift shows we see thousands and thousands of people and we tell our story and our concept over and over and over again and and that's how and we have people writing in telling how they're loving their new tradition Um, we've also done two wholesale shows in the last year, which have gone really, really well. And we're excited to get back into that wholesale market. Um, we've got some very fun, interested um, stores coming up. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I certainly know being a business owner myself is that the possibilities of spending money to market are endless. Mm-hmm. Completely. How, how do you decide which shows make sense for you? We, t- we try to talk to people. Um, it was kind of a hard thing in the past. Um, because we've had to kind of just take a shot in the dark, not knowing what shows we're going to be like, not knowing how good they are. But we've definitely talked to a lot of people around us at those shows and found more and more information about what shows are good, what shows are not so good. So we've learned a lot in the last year. Some of the shows were a mistake. Uh, most weren't. We did we did really well. Mm-hmm. The other thing, though, we are pretty um, aggressive, and we are sending out emails to mass stores, huge stores, uh, we're calling 
Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, really, really excited about the product. So it's easy to want to work it and want to get get the product out there. Mm-hmm. But I also know, too, at the same time, having been a business owner myself and started a couple of ventures, just how much work that is. And, you know, there's just not never enough calling or talking that you can do, it seems. Mm-hmm. Have you also just reached out to your your own immediate market saying, hey, we could sure use your help raising the awareness, evangelizing this. Do you do that too or... We do. And, you know, at the beginning we did some home shows and things like that because the the best marketing and the best advertising is a happy customer. If they're happy and they enjoy it, they're going to spread the word to their friends. So that that that's big, but it does take a lot of uh, calling. We do have some very interested big stores uh, on the line right now that we're hoping to talk to. But I think it's it's such a happy, passionate project that we have that we're so excited to spread the word any way we can. Mm-hmm. And we have a, a big network around us that support us and that are spreading the word as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and I can say I never wake up any morning thinking, oh, my goodness, I don't want to go to work. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's it's easier when you love what you do. It absolutely is, which is, again, one of the reasons I'm hosting the show, right? I want more people to be able to wake up like that. I want more people to be able to find a way, feel empowered, to be able to go after the kind of work that also makes them want to get up in the morning and go to work and give their very best, right? Because I think that's better for those people individually. It's better for their families. It's better for their communities. And frankly, it's better for us as a nation. Mm -hmm. So I love hearing that kind of a thing. I want to be a small ripple in that pond that's part of helping to continue to make more of more people do that kind of thing. So love the way that you framed that up, ladies. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're talking about you starting. You know, right now you're in fairly initial stages of your business, right? And mm-hmm. this is the exciting part. Looking at this beautiful package, the book is gorgeous. Everything is just beautiful. You, I know you've got investors. You're poised to go in and, and make this work. So what I want to know next is where would you like to see the business evolve to in the future? Well, I think ideally we want this to be the new tooth fairy tradition for every household. That would ideally be our our end goal, our end goal the end result. Um, I would love to see a cartoon or little movies made, you Wonderful. know, little at-home DVDs or, you know, a, a cartoon that's on uh, one of the, the networks, the, the channels. Uh, it's endless. It's endless. Uh, more books more series of stories, creating more fairies, creating more adventures for all the tooth fairies. Um, We just want it to become a brand, truly, the tooth fairy glass. Mm. How lovely. I love that. And I love the fact that you're already aware of that and you're already thinking about that. I'm not super surprised because I know that you're creative, but what you're also getting to is there's a strategy here too. And the other thing that I also want to call out about this is that the importance of dreaming, right? When we're, whatever we're going to do, the importance of having a dream and, and letting that fill us with energy and hope and passion, all those sort of things. So I appreciate very much that here you are. How far along in the business have you been at this? Uh, just a little over a year. Okay. Yeah. So pretty, pretty young in the business and you have this vision for the future. Also impressive because many times when we're at that stage, we're so far in the weeds, we can't see the forest for the trees as the saying goes. Yeah. So the fact that you have that vision is, is gorgeous. We actually have an outline for the second book. Um, and so we are working on that. And we are almost finished with a prototype for the first Tooth Fairy doll. Oh, my gosh. That's wonderful, <laughs> so ladies. She should be on her way very soon. Wow, this is amazing. I really hats off to you both for this. I this is one of the wonderful things about getting to do this work that I do and being a radio show host is I never know what I'm gonna hear on the other end of my questions. So thank you for that. Perfect time as well. We're already up to our second break. 
I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Nikki Castillo and Jesse Nolop. They are the co-owners of The Tooth Fairy Glass. They've also written a book together called What Color Is Your Tooth Fairy? We've been talking about their business interests, how they began the business, what they're doing to grow it. After the break, we're going to talk some about some advice they have for aspiring entrepreneurs. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air here in Tualatin, Oregon, with Jesse Nolop and Nikki Castillo, who are the co-owners of The Tooth Fairy Glass. And again, they've also co-written together the book called What Color Is Your Tooth Fairy? We've been sharing really how it is they develop the business, what it is they hope to get and develop in the business, their plans for the future, etc. For this next segment, what I want to cover is I want them to be able to share the lessons they've learned. Several of you out there listening, I know, are aching to start your own business, but you're wondering... What about, what about this, what about that? So I want them to talk about maybe some of the things they've learned along the way that maybe will help you as you go along. Maybe you can avoid some of those things. It'll be a faster process for you. So if we can, what would you each say that maybe are some important lessons you've learned along the way as business owners that may be useful for our listeners to understand? I think one of the first things we learned along the way was it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Everything takes time, nothing's gonna happen overnight. Uh, we had made our product, we had packaged it, 
We built our own website, started a Facebook page, and launched, and kind of expected things to start rolling. <laughs> and it really just doesn't happen that fast. It's It takes time. It takes time to explain the concepts. And whatever product you're trying to do or business you're trying, it takes time to build. And I think it's it's okay to know that probably your first idea may not be the right or the best idea for the duration of your company. Um, we're on our third logo, our second glass design, um, uh, probably our fourth packaging idea. Uh, you know, you just, you, you go, it's all trial and error. You see what works. If it doesn't work, you don't give up. You, you, you strive and find the better, the better way to do things. I think also a really good idea is to make cautious, thoughtful decisions financially. Um, many times things don't happen the way we want it to or uh, fast enough or we've made a mistake and we throw money at the problem without really looking at the long-term goals and plan for our company. Uh, we need the short-term fix. And I think it's, you know, and, and we do have investors now, but in the beginning it was all of our own money. Um, and even though we have investors now, we're fiscally responsible for not just us, but for a group of other people who are depending on us to make this a success. So um, that's very important to us to keep us going, to keep us grounded, to keep us focused. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So one of the things that you said that brought me back to the period of 2006 to 2010 when I had a, a business with a partner as well was those aching moments when you had opportunities to try to find a way to market yourself. We talked about this earlier. Gosh, so hard to find and determine, well, is this a good use of my money? Mm -hmm. Is this going to yield a good ROI for me? So can you talk to me a bit about that? I mean, I know that there's just there are endless ways you can spend money in a business. Um, but have you learned any lessons about how you spend money? I think, uh, I think nowadays, especially the social media aspect of spending money is a massive learning curve. Mm. You know, you know that uh, advertising or pamphlets or brochures or business cards, you know, those are going to get into the hands of people. But uh, social marketing as far as Facebook, um, that has been definitely a learning curve. You don't know how much to spend. You don't know how many people it's reaching. It says that it reaches it. So that, that's been definitely a, a learning aspect um, because so many people do use social media nowadays. And I think a lot of uh, probably a budget needs to be spent on that. But um, as of right now, we're just trying to get into uh, the hands of many as many people as possible face-to-face -face so we can actually explain the concept because I think this is a newer concept. So our challenge has been explaining the concept. Mm -hmm. It's not just you can see a picture and know exactly what our product does. So I think that's been our biggest challenge is just explaining it over and over and over again to as many people that will listen. Okay. Well, I think also um, one of the mistakes we did make in the beginning is not looking for advice mm -hmm. from people in the business world, from business owners. I mean, maybe we don't know, maybe we do, but we know between the two of us, we have a large network and we should have gotten advice in the beginning because people want to see you succeed. So it'd be one of my biggest things to seek advice from your peers. People have been to shows or people have gone down and made mistakes before. Ask them what they think over things. You don't have to take their opinion, but it's sure nice to have an, another opinion. Mm -hmm. A sounding board, at least. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. I definitely want to call out what each of you were talking about there, that importance. And, and this is something that I think many 
business owners encounter, and we did too when we were doing our business, and that is trying to find a, an efficient way to educate your buyer. I would say from my own personal experience too, in addition to what you've been narrating, that that is part of the magic sauce, the magic recipe for mm-hmm. you to be successful, finding a way to quickly teach people about what it is you're selling and why it is they want it is so important. And I can tell you in the four years that we ran the business that we did together, uh, it was hard. It's very hard. And mm-hmm. in our case, it was a service. So it was very abstract. You have a product, which makes it a little bit easier. Right. But still, I really applaud and appreciate what you were saying about, you know, the challenge of doing that in, a, in an efficient, effective way. Well, and it was, um, you know, we learned from a mistake. That was another thing that we had to change is our original packaging. We had the story, basically, of how this all happens on the back. Well, no one has time to read the story Mm -hmm. on the back of packaging. So we we basically simplified it. It's in simple little cartoon instructions of three Mm -hmm. little instructions on the back of the box. And you can just look at the box and immediately know exactly what it does and how it works. Um, But it's all a learning process. You like know. keeping things simple is simple. Absolutely key. You you just can't have something that is too complicated. Mm-hmm. People don't understand it, and they don't have the time to figure it out. Correct. I think it's brilliant that you found a way to tell your story in pictures because that is a much faster process. Again, we didn't do that. I think that that's gorgeous, and you're right. I mean, one of the things that I've learned in my short time, too, is people aren't going to take the time. If they don't immediately get it, it doesn't somehow call them, they're not going to take the time to learn and investigate the story and why it is they want this. Mm -hmm. So, brilliant. Okay, so then for our listeners out there who are considering going into business, you've been talking about what you've learned along the way in this business, but I also want you to weigh in if you would. You're both business owners. Each of you have been doing business on your own for for many years. I'd like it if you could share your advice for our listeners who may be considering going to business for themselves. What maybe could you tell them maybe what they should look out for, consider, do, don't do? Um, Well, I think it's a... Big thing would be a personal uh, financial situation. You know, starting any business, you're going to need a nest egg or a nut of some sort to get you started. Um, I think that's important to have, to have the resources to borrow. Uh, You know, all the little uh, fundraising websites out there are great. The people who know you best know whether you're going to succeed or not. And those people will give you money if they believe in you, they believe in the product. Um, I think surrounding yourself by... uh, people that support you is key. Mm-hmm. And if you if you can't sell it to the people who know you and support you, it may not go. I mean, they've people have to be a sounding board, use a sounding board, find out if it's going to work with just in their immediate circle, and then you might have a bigger success out in the, in the real world. Well, and have a have a laid out plan. Yeah. Um, you know, outline your business and have a plan and find out what the... Um, the accounting aspects of it are going to be, what are you going to need for that? What kind of legal representation are you going to need? Because every business is different and everybody needs different insurance and different um, paperwork and there's always a license for different things. So you really need to research your ideas to the fullest before just jumping in. And if you are going to choose a business partner, choose wisely. Work together first. Figure out your compatibility because it's absolutely key. A business a partnership business will never succeed if you can't get along and trust and respect each other. Mm-hmm. 
I think also um, one thing we did at the very beginning, as soon as we came up with our concept and what our name of our company was, we trademarked that. Mm -hmm. um, it was an all-encompassing title. So not many products that you could probably develop around our product that wouldn't have something to do with that. Um, so that was it was nice to have some sort of legal protection that way. Because, you know, we do all the hard work and come up with the business and then someone can come in and, you know, try to duplicate it in some way. But I think uh, through our name and trademarking that it kind of encompasses a lot of aspects of anything that could be knocked off for it. So I think it's nice having a little bit of legal protection that way. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, um, on the kind of the last thing for me is I think if you're going to do something, don't do it just for the money. You've mm -hmm. got to have the passion or you'll never make the money you want to make. Um, you absolutely just have to love what you do. What a great way to to talk about those sorts of important considerations. And to, to what you just said there, Jesse, I would love to weigh in on that. And that is, it's so important, I think, that you are passionate. You choose something that you have energy around. Because if you don't, your competitors are going to be passionate about it. Therefore, they're going to persist longer. They're going to work harder at it. They're going to work at overcoming obstacles more diligently than you are. Mm -hmm. And in the end, you're probably going to lose. And so I think that's really, really sage advice. Anything else you want to add in terms of um, the creative pieces or any additional components that you want to say about if you're considering going into a creative business that people need to consider? You mentioned protecting I think, IP. Yes, that's incredibly uh, – and then also if you are doing something creative, it has to – I mean, we're doing a child uh, – a child product, so it, it we had to make sure that it passed all child safety inspections, which was huge. Um, and luckily, the manufacturer that we went through, they were able to take care of that for us. Um, I would say try new things. Uh, don't get stuck in a rut just because your first idea isn't exploding. Keep researching. Keep trying different marketing aspects, different ideas on, you know, the product itself, especially when it comes to creativity. Okay, great. Well, believe it or not, ladies, we're almost completely out of time already. We've managed to just talk up a whole hour here. But before we dash, I want to give you each a chance just to weigh in with any final thoughts or things that you might want to share with our listeners, maybe just 60 seconds or less, each of you. Nikki? Um, I would I I would just like to take this opportunity to thank my partner, actually, because this has been um, an amazing experience to be able to start our own company together and bounce ideas and create a, a lasting friendship and partnership that will take us through hopefully you know the, the rest of our life and and take care of our families. I'm incredibly excited about that. Well, sorry that um, gets me a little choked up uh, because we do have such a great friendship and. I am definitely the lucky one with her creativity and all the ideas she has. So um, we just really appreciate you having us on your show. Wow, ladies. Thank you both. And what a wonderful way to finish because, you know, I do want people to be meaningfully connected to their work. And a move to emotion works for me every time. So <laughs> happy to have you both. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, your experience, your passion, your inspiration. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And letting me into your studio. Absolutely. <laughs> So you can learn more about these lovely ladies and their business by, by visiting their website. It's www.thetoothfairyglass.com, or you can send an email to info at thetoothfairyglass.com. They welcome your, your questions, your comments, anything you might want to share with them, please do reach out. Um, you'll, if you want to join us for the next conversation next week, you can hear all about a gentleman named Hubert Tang, who is a 24-year-old 
a wine sales associate at Vino Volo in the San Francisco airport. I happened to meet this young man when I was I was laid over from a trip from Hong Kong in San Francisco. And of course, knowing me, I wandered into Vino Volo for a glass of wine. And he happened to be my steward, and I was so impressed with him. He's a young man just starting his career. He was passionate. He was informative. He knew his stuff. And so I felt like, you know what, here's a gentleman who is he who represents the beginnings of a career, the beginnings of actually just starting something. Whether that you are a young person like him or whether you're going to transition from one industry to another, this is someone who really lets you in on what does it feel like and how do you discover that and how do you actually do that transition. So I hope you'll join us for that conversation. Promise it to be a lovely one. So it's been been great to, to be here with you. I do also want to say that you can also find um, the Tooth Fairy Glass on Facebook, on Twitter, and Pinterest as well. So you can find them there as well. If you can't find them on their own website, and that would be tough to avoid, <laughs> look for them on social media. Remember, this is a great reminder for this conversation. Work is at least one-third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.